Today, we are going to take a look at what is said to be the most famous message that Jesus ever shared. I'll be back with that in just a moment. I'm Monica Schmelter, and I'm glad that you could join me for Bridges today, where we bring you hope for the journey. And today, we're going to be talking about what is said to be the most famous message that Jesus ever shared. And that is the Sermon on the Mount, or what we call the Beatitudes. I'm calling this series Eight Blessings because there are eight blessings. I'll do it in three parts, and I hope, I think, we can get uh, through three of the blessings today. So we're going to start out today in Matthew 5, and I'm going to start by reading verse 3 out of the New Living Translation. And Jesus says there, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of God is theirs. And so many times when we look at a passage of scripture like this, we see the word poor, and we might be tempted to think that it's talking about the size of our bank account or our wallet, uh, that somehow there's some blessing involved in being poor. But actually, this kind of poor that Jesus is talking about is a poor that allows us to not be self-sufficient, but a state of living that allows us to acknowledge our need for him. So what, what this beatitude is talking about and saying to us is basically admit your need. That for you and that for I, what is crucially important is to admit our need for God to admit our need for forgiveness, that if we don't have a Savior, if we're not cleansed by the blood of Jesus, then we don't have eternal life, that we are totally dependent on everything in this life and in the next. We are totally dependent on God. And I want to read to you an example that I found in the Bible that I think helps underscore, highlight, and illustrate this Blessed are the poor in spirit uh, and realize their need for God. For them, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And I want to take you to a very popular uh, story that we read a lot in the Bible. It's in Mark uh, chapter 9. And I'm going to start reading there in verse 23. And I want to say, just as I start to read, that we're going to pick up in a story of a man who is greatly troubled. And his trouble is over his son. This man is deeply troubled and he's grieved because his son suffers from uncontrollable seizures and convulsions and there's no like real rhyme or reason to it. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. 
Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. But these convulsions, these seizures, they are so intense um, that the boy is, you know, almost drowned in the water sometimes. Like, this is just an awful situation. And this man is at his wit's end. Like, he is beside himself because, of course, he, just like any of us who are parents, we love our children. We would rather be sick or suffer something ourselves than to see our children suffer. And But this man is in this awful situation because of what his son struggles and suffers with. And he comes up to Jesus and they have a conversation. And we're going to pick up in verse uh, where the man says to Jesus, please help us if you can. And Jesus responds in verse 23 by saying, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. The father cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers and that it was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. He said, listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd of people and the crowd said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. And I read and share that passage of scripture with you only because it illustrates this man's honesty, that he's honest about his desperate situation, that he says, I believe, help me with my unbelief. And I can relate to that. Like I have faith. And yet there are times that I can say to the Lord, honestly, I believe and help me with my unbelief. Because there are some situations, let's be honest, that we've been in either that are so intense or that have gone on for so long or that seem so big. We know Jesus can do anything, but we wonder if he will. We wonder when that might happen. Living on this side of heaven, we live in that tension of knowing that everything that God says is true, that every word in the Bible is the infallible truth. And yet we all have experiences and circumstances that seem uh, unlikely to resolve or to be healed or whatever, and it can make us doubt. And in some circles, we can be criticized for any doubt, but this most famous sermon that Jesus ever preaches, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who admit their need for him, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this man who was so desperate, who was like so honest to say, I believe, help me with my unbelief. He got exactly what he wanted. His son was healed. And so there's a blessing for our honesty, when we are honest before God and we live a life that says, I believe, help me with my unbelief. When we live a life that says, instead of going around and saying, I've got this, to be able to say, with God's help, I've got this. To be able to acknowledge that everything that we have 
and that everything that we do that is good comes through the hand of our Savior, comes through the hand of our gracious God. We are not able to live a righteous life without him. We are not able to be forgiven without him. And this man in this story has always just stuck out to me because he says what so many of us feel and sometimes are afraid to say, I believe, help me with my unbelief. And you can find the notes for today uh, in our online extras and also on the website, monicashmelter.com under resources. And we're going to go now as we talk about these eight blessings. And again, I think we'll get through about three of them today to the second blessing. And that's Matthew 5 and verse 4. And it says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, for most of us, the first thing we think of when we hear the word mourn is a funeral, right? It's the loss of a loved one, a family member, a friend, and we mourn. And the Bible says that we mourn with hope, but that's not this particular mourn. This mourn that Jesus is talking about is a recognition that we are sinners. It's a confession of our sin. It's the godly sorrow that works repentance because some people, again, misunderstand mourn. I can remember, you know, when I first became a Christian, I thought that the way to be forgiven was just kind of to beg God and to feel really awful that I lied that I did my homework and to feel really awful that I did X, Y, Z. And there is a place for godly sorrow. There's a place for admitting when we fall short of the word of God. We're not to wallow in the sin and to keep repeating that, but we come to Christ humbly and honestly, very sorry over our sin. And when we ask, the moment that we ask and that we're sincere, we're forgiven. So when it says, blessed are those who mourn, it means blessed are those who admit their need for Christ, who ask forgiveness for their sins, because when we ask for forgiveness, he comforts us. The book of Acts talks about repent and be baptized. And it talks about that when we repent, that times of refreshing come. And when we talk about repentance, it does mean to go the other way, to do the other thing. We all know, right? With apologies that we get from people, sometimes people say things like, well, if I did something to hurt you, then I'm sorry. Well, that's not really an apology. And we know also that there are times that we might cry over our sin and we might cry because we're sorry we got caught. We might cry because we're sorry that we've got a consequence that we have to walk through. But this passage of scripture, blessed are the days who mourn for they shall be comforted, is talking about a real, true, honest repentance that acknowledges I messed up, that acknowledges I need forgiveness, and that says with a humble heart, with your help, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will not travel that way again. And I want to share with you this example out of Luke 18, starting uh, with the ninth verse of a story that's given to us, an example in the Bible that really highlights true repentance versus a holier-than-thou kind of person. It says, Then Jesus told this story 
to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, these are the words of Jesus, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So as we look at these blessings, as we look at this most famous message of Jesus today, he says, blessed are those who mourn. Imagine how blessed the despised tax collector feels when he goes home justified before God, not because of anything he did, but because he humbled himself before Almighty God and said, I've sinned, please forgive me. What Jesus is saying basically is that the holier than thou people, the people who judge themselves righteous of their own doing, well, you can do all the right things, right? You can go to church three times a week and tithe and give offerings. But he says, it's not that. I mean, those are, it's good to go to church, of course. It's good to give, of course. But if it's with the wrong motives, and if your heart's not right, and if our heart's not contrite, if our heart's not humble, then we've got it all wrong. Then we're using the word of God to exalt ourselves rather than to magnify Jesus. But this despised tax collector got it. And you know, this ought to give all of us a whole lot of hope. <laughs> because I can definitely more relate to the despised tax collector than I can to a Pharisee. I know the sins I've committed. I'm also aware that I've probably done things wrong that I haven't even been cognizant of. But what I know is that all my hope is in the person of Jesus Christ. I stand justified before God only because of how good and faithful and obedient that Jesus was to walk this earth, to go to the cross, to take all the sins of the world on him, for that sin to kill him, for him to die, to be buried in that tomb, and then to be raised by the power of God so that you could be reconciled, so that I can be reconciled, and so what Jesus is saying is, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those of us who realize we have no righteousness on our own, but that all of our hope is in him. That any hope that we have is completely in the person of Jesus Christ. And that our life is lived as best we can to obey everything that's in the Bible and to pray those prayers that just say, you know, Jesus, show me where I'm missing it. 
Show me my heart. Show me where my attitude is wrong. Help me to understand by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me and forgive me. Jesus says that that person is blessed. That person gets comforted. And that's exactly what that despised tax collector received on this particular day. Let's go to the next blessing in Matthew 5 and verse 5. It says there, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Now, humility is absolutely counterintuitive to the way that our sin nature operates. Our sin nature, right? The way of this world, the way of the enemy is that, hmm, I've got this. Uh, you know, basically I'm depending on myself that in order for others to have a good impression of us, that we must appear strong, that we must appear confident, that we must boast about who we are and what we do and try to impress people, maybe with our possessions, maybe with our education, maybe with our perfect children, uh, maybe with our fancy cars, whatever those are. And of course, there's nothing wrong if you can afford a fancy car. Praise God if your children are serving the Lord and are near perfect. Praise God for that. Those are all wonderful things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we depend on those things to define us, to give us identity, when our relationships with other people are based on trying to impress them rather than having that humble state of heart that recognizes that every good thing that we have comes from God. And so for this blessing, I call it, keep it simple. We're not to live our lives trying to impress other people. Living our lives based on what other people think of us, what other people say of us, oh, that's a way miserable life. I've lived at that address, and I can tell you that there's nothing good at that address, not one single thing. People are fickle. They change their mind, their opinion. Um, they say all kinds of different things, but this beatitude, this blessing says, God blesses those that are humble, for they will inherit the earth. The first two blessings that we've looked at today are blessings that looked inward, the state of our hearts, right? They looked at, you know, us, that state of mourning over our sin. So we looked inward with the first two blessings. This third blessing that Jesus talks about is really talking about our outward posture, the way that we posture to appear before other people. Now, a lot of people totally misunderstand humble. They think humble means doormat. Who wants to be a doormat? Because basically, if you let yourself be a doormat, people can and people will walk all over you. That is not the kind of humility that God calls us to. The humility that this beatitude, that this blessing is talking about is strength under control. And I think probably the best example that I could give you of strength under control, I'm sure that you probably have all at some point had a chance to see this. A dad, right, who's pretend wrestling with his kids. 
and or, you know, pretend. um, What do I want to say? I can't think of it. Arm wrestle. (laughs) And the dad could absolutely beat his kid. Absolutely. He's stronger. He's older. It's just this little kid. And yet the dad keeps his strength under control and the dad lets the kid win. That's strength under control. The dad could have won, but he didn't. He was stronger, but he kept himself under control for the good of his child. So humility is strength under control. There's a lot of things we could all say when we're wronged. There's a lot of things we could all say when we get angry. But what a wise and what a humble person does is we count the cost before we say it. We look at the situation and we stay committed to speaking only that which is helpful, right? Only that that could possibly bring a resolution. And if we see that, like, there's no way that any kind of resolution is happening here, sometimes strength under control is just to remain quiet and not say anything. And boy, is that hard when we've been wronged. Is that hard when we want to tell our side of the story? And, you know, I've just come to a place that, you know, if I have to tell my side of the story, I just need to let it go. Just people are just going to do, people are just going to think what they're going to think. And people that really know me know the truth. People that really know me would know that they can ask me about anything. So this blessing, this beatitude is saying, stay humble. And I'm just calling it for today's purposes. Keep it simple. Don't make your life so complex and so complicated that you have to impress people with who you are, with what you have, whatever. Um, Let that go. I think that social media makes all of that much harder for people today because we're looking They call it everybody's highlight reel. Not really sure that it's always a highlight reel. Some people are just making it up. For some people, that's just where and how they live. They want to show you the food on their plate and clothes in their closet and where they went. And all of that's not bad. Just sometimes for all of us, it's a bit much. And I want to read a passage of scripture to share an example with you of someone in the Bible that had to be so strong and yet was so humble. Go with me to Luke 1, and I'll start reading in verse 30 there. This is the angel speaking to Mary. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she's conceived a son, 
and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And the angel left her. This is probably the hardest assignment that ever got handed out. And it gets handed out to a young woman named Mary. And what's being spoken to her is absolutely in the natural, absolutely impossible, like no way, not a zilch, that cannot happen. A woman that's never been with a man cannot be pregnant. And yet the angel tells her, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will give birth and he will be the son of God. And she responds with the most amazing, miraculous, humble answer, just simply, may everything God says come to pass. And just imagine our lives if we were like that, that whatever God asks of us, or requires of us, or tells us to do. That instead of arguing with, that's so hard, I don't want to do it, how's that going to work out? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait. Well, what? I, what? I don't know. What if we just said to God, may everything that you've said come to pass. May everything that you've wanted in and from my life, may that come to pass in Jesus' name. That's a humble attitude. That's strength under control. Mary could have said, like, you're going to have to explain this to me. You're going to have to explain yourself. She just, she just asked once, how can this be? She got an answer, and she accepted it. And I look at my own life, and I just think, how wonderful that would be if I could be more like that, if I could just be so humble and so full of faith that I just said, okay, God, 
you're asking me to do something that I don't see there's any which way that that can happen. I do not understand. It makes zero sense to me. But may everything that you've said come to pass. That's a prayer to hang on to. That's a humble heart that pleases God. And the word says that those who are humble will inherit the whole earth. Today's hope for the journey is whatever God asks of you, say yes and be confident that God will bless you. You know, every day we get up and we go through our list of to-dos and where we have to be and what's expected. And I understand all of that. I mean, I work a full-time job. I have a long commute. I know there's just a lot of things that have to happen. But if I can focus my heart and remember these eight blessings and this third one that says, blessed are the humble for they will inherit the whole earth. And I just think about Mary who got the hardest assignment <laughs> and yes, yet just said, may everything you said come to pass. If that's my heart, if that's my stance, that's a life that God can bless. And we'll have all of the notes today up on the online extras and also in the resources if you want to study this out more. I'll have some prayers there that you can pray as well. And again, today's hope for the journey Whatever God asks you to do, say yes and be confident, like entirely confident that God will bless you because whatever God has for you is good because it's coming from the hand of God. That's all for today. I'll see you next time on Bridges where we bring you hope for the journey. Don't miss another episode of Bridges. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today where you can find all of Monica's latest teachings. Just visit youtube.com, search Monica Schmelter, and click subscribe. Once subscribed, click the bell icon to get notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for watching Bridges. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. If you want to grow your faith and understand God's Word more fully, then MonicaSchmelter.com might be just the place for you. You'll find all of Monica's teachings on demand, complete with online extras. Get started today, because truth changes everything. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.